to This Week in Sparkling Water. At least that's what I think this is. I think this is my podcast. This is... I think this is This Week in Sparkling Water, but I'm not sure. Because I'm recording this today in the end of January 2022, but... I'm not publishing this anytime soon for reasons that will probably become obvious. Um, I had this thing happen and I wanted to, it just felt like it was so, (laughs) so big and I just wanted to record it somehow and my first instinct was to sit down and write about it to write about what it was like because I wanted to save it for posterity but it turns out that writing isn't my most honest language anymore I think sitting in front of this acrylic painting here is my most radically genuine voice now which that didn't sound very cool, but doesn't make it not true. Uh, So what happened is that I was, um, it was a Friday, 10 days ago, and I woke up and I got a text from this girl who, bro, I'm going to be completely honest here because that's what we got to do. The thing is that I get a text from this girl that I had broken up with a little bit more than a week before. I don't exactly remember the timeline. I'm a little bit scared to remember it, but um, I get a text from this girl and, and she says, um, there's something I have to tell you. And, and, and honestly... I had not expected to, we broke up and we broke up in a very friendly way. It was very sort of, I mean, I'll talk about that more, but we broke up and it was very friendly. And she was like, yeah, you know, if you want to be friends, I mean, I'd like to be friends, you know, it's, that'd be nice. And I was like, yeah, but I also felt like, I don't know if that was in the stars for us to just be friends, like, Because I wanted something, you know, I wanted like, I wanted to find that relationship that I could just have. And for some reason, I didn't have that with her. And so I got more and more distant. And then after a while, it got kind of obvious that neither one of us was very, or she felt like I wasn't very excited about the relationship. And maybe I wasn't. And then I wasn't expecting to talk to her maybe ever again. And then she texted me and said, there's something I have to tell you. Would you call me? And then I texted her and was like, what's up? And she, and I was like, God damn it. I thought that there was some like STD or something that I needed to know about. And then she texted me back and was like, I don't know <laughs> how to tell you this other than to show you. That's what you said. And then she sent me a picture of the ultrasound. (laughs) She sent me a picture of the ultrasound and it looked like this. If you're watching the YouTube, it looked like this. If you're not watching the YouTube, rest assured, it doesn't look like much. It's a crinkly, you're not missing much. It's a crinkly, very, very flimsy type of paper that they printed it on. It's small. And it's just a black and white nothing. It's like a couple of concentric circles, and I don't understand any of it. But she sends me a picture of this ultrasound, and I, without understanding what I'm seeing in the picture, I text her back and I say, are you telling me that you're pregnant? And she says, yes. And... It's like at first, it's like, I think I was just first in shock. 
and I don't exactly remember, or I don't know how to use words to describe the thought, if the first thoughts I have for the, during the first few hours. I just don't know what to say about that because it was not something I can describe in words. It was more like being in shock and, and dazed and not really thinking about it. But, um, yeah. So that was like 11 AM or whenever 10 30 AM when I wake up, you know, cause I'm a lazy single guy who wakes up at 10 30 a.m so um so then we text a little bit back and forth and i think we're both a little bit in shock and then i'm like can we can i call you on the phone and i talk to her and we're both a little bit confused and she says that she wasn't sure if i was even going to respond because it's one of those things that you don't know how someone is going to, you don't know how some guy is going to fucking respond. And already at that point when we were on the phone, I think my first sort of attitude was crystallizing. And it was an attitude of feeling a very, very strong desire to be good to her and to be a good person. And to not say something that I would later, that I would feel like, that I would, I wanted to say something that I would be proud of. <clears throat> Does that make sense? So I didn't want to pressure her in any direction and I didn't want to sound not happy and I didn't want to I wanted to see where she was at and then we have this conversation and and one of the things she said that stuck with me was she said the sentence I don't know if I could get rid of it and Yeah. And I don't, I'm, I don't know what I think about it yet either. So I'm like, just listening, you know? And as I'm talking to her, even that just f the first day, it's so crazy because yeah, you know what I will say about even the time before we even had the phone call? Some deep, profound, mysterious, almost mystical thing happened in my soul. Where like something opened up and I just had this like incredible growing sense of love for this woman. Immediately, God. It's almost like I'm getting a little bit emotional. It's weird. <laughs> it's so lame. <laughs> so funny and lame. It's like one of those like sequential still photography, fast forward nature footage where they show how a tree grows. quickly but like with a fungus like just how a fungus just sort of like grows that's what it felt like but with love in my heart okay and i know that's lame but that's all i got okay so um yeah so i just had this weird experience of even before there were words to describe any of my thoughts i could just notice how there's this like strange bubbling fungi shaped feeling of love in my heart that's just billowing out of this hole that i didn't even know i had and then i'm talking to her on the phone and then and then i'm such a fucking weird guy that so she tells me that in the picture i didn't even fucking look at the picture good enough but she's like 
in the picture, it actually says in the border, they printed like her name and the words six weeks and one day. That's what they printed on there because that's how old the thing is. <laughs> the larva, that's the age of the larva. So anyway, what I was going to say is I'm such a weird guy that like this happens on a Friday. We're texting at 11 a.m. We make a little, we do a little phone call maybe at 2 p.m. And then I go to work at 4 p.m. And I'm standing there with, with these women that I work with. And these are women that I have. They're such fucking sweethearts. They're really sort of real people with, I don't know. I just really respect their opinion and I think they're very nice. And I feel this sense of closeness to a lot of them. And I'm such a weird person that I told them, you know, kind of because I had to, okay? Because I was in a state of shock. So I'm standing there and I remember it. It's like Brit and Natasha and Kaya are just like standing. Uh, and maybe Caitlin. Brit, Natasha, and Kaya, anyway, are standing there just in front of me in a sort of half circle. And I'm just saying, like, I just make this, like, weird definitive statement where I'm like, so this lady is, this lady that I was dating, she's pregnant now. And I think she wants to keep it. And then Brit's just like, <laughs> Brit, <laughs> Brit is always confused by me and scared from any anything I say, she's always like worried, and she's always like, "What? What? Am I doing something wrong? What, what's going on?" And she's just such a raw, honest, emotional, beautiful person. And she's just like, she just looks around at everyone, and she's like, "Is this real? Like, is, is he being real? Is this some sort of? Is this a bit? Is this a joke? Is he doing a character right now?" <laughs> it's so funny to me because I wasn't doing a character. <laughs> And then I was like, no, Brit, I'm not doing a character right now. And then that shift was really nice. And we like worked and, and I talked to these four people and I talked to all of them individually about it. And, and Kaya is like 17 or 18. I think Kaya just turned 18 and Kaya just like walked up to me and just put her hand on my shoulder. Oh, I love Kaya and Natasha. They're sisters and they are like my little sisters. Kaya just walked up to me and put her hand on my sh shoulder and was like, it's okay. And then she's like, if you need a babysitter nine months from now, I'll just be your babysitter. Because I raised all my little, little brothers. And I'm like, yeah. All right. Okay. <sighs> In seven minutes, I have to take a bread out of the oven. I got a bread. I got a bun in the oven downstairs. Um, worst joke ever. So, um, so then, so then I'm like talking to this lady every day and, and we're talking and we're like trying to come out of the sense of shock and just really feel each other out and be like, what, what is going on here? Like, what do we want here? she says things like, I don't want us to be together just because of this. And that's true, but it's also like, wow. I, oh, yeah. That stuff is hard to talk about because it's like, because it's so honest and it's so raw. And I don't know, man. Am I supposed to talk about everything on the podcast? I don't know. But the truth is that <clears throat> she's a wonderful person and she was always a wonderful person. And first time I met her, I came home and I told Javi that it was just like so 
incredibly nice. We had a first date and it was just so incredibly nice. And she was just so real and so good. <clears throat> and then we had this relationship over a couple of months and, and, and yeah, it's like, I have this problem where I just sort of like think that I'm getting closer to a solution, but I'm just spinning around and I'm just learning new words and I'm just saying a bunch of made up words, but I'm not getting closer to a solution. And all I want is like a tribe and I want someone to love me and I want to love someone and I just sabotage it for myself and I'm and I just need someone to tell me what to do. And this is, you know, this is the blind random universe just looking down on me and saying, this is what you're going to do. And the thing about the universe that feels not so blind and the thing about the universe that feels like there's a conscious creator is that... I've like never, I never dated a, it's probably not a woman I dated that's like, I don't know. I was going to say something in it. There's no way to say that and have it sound honest, but it's honest. I believe it, but it's like, yeah. I was going to say that I think she's a good woman and look, they're all, everyone's a good person, you know? But I just think that randomly the girl that got pregnant is the girl who's maybe I'm the most compatible with. And that's maybe just, it's through this incredible stroke of luck. It's like, this just happened with the right person. And, <clears throat> and I'm saying that in the end of January and who knows how that statement will age, you know? Because all I really truly believe in is humility and my, you know, imperfect analytical capability and my imperfect capability of being a forecaster. I'm not very good at forecasting things, but, um, yeah, I think she's wonderful and and so we were talking and then I was like, so we should, can I see you? Like, can I see you in real life? And, um, and I was like, can I come down and see you? And, um, and she came up and saw me. And, and what happened is that <laughs> this is so weirdly exhibitionist, but I just need to record this and I might never even put this episode out. This might not even be an episode. This might not be an episode of the podcast. And on that note, let's review a sparkling water right now. So this is Genki Forest, white strawberry and coconut. Sounds gross. Have I already reviewed this? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, that is disgusting. Yeah, that's disgusting. That's a two out of ten. It tastes like um, like someone poured sunscreen on a um, McDonald's Sunday <clears throat> on a strawberry Sunday. Accidentally put uh, sunscreen lotion and whatever. Anyway. So what happened is that she came up here and and I just sort of met her on the porch and I gave her a hug and and we um stepped inside and we sat on my couch and I just sort of held her and and oh god I don't know how to talk about this I don't know how to talk about this in a way that's not like unacceptable but um we didn't even really like talk much we didn't like kiss or anything like that we just sort of like 
sat and she just sort of leaned her head on my shoulder and I just sort of held her a little bit. And we mostly just sat there and we were really just like two people who were a little bit in shock, but beyond these two bodies that were in shock, it was just kind of like two souls that were just sort of like taking a moment to, um, to, uh, get a little bit closer and fuse together a little bit and just dovetail together like some fucking woodwork, you know, some craftsmanship. And um, now I have to go downstairs and remove the lid in the oven. Okay, I'm back. In 20 minutes, I have to take uh, the bread out of the oven. I decided to take the lid off of the Dutch oven and, and spray a bunch of water in there because you need really high humidity in the oven to simulate a bread oven to give it a nice crunch to give the outside of the bread a nice, beautiful crunch. Um, yeah. You know, I think there was also, I think I'm in the timeline. I'm actually, I missed a thing because it's like we were talking. We talked multiple times a day before meeting up. And, and then there was this one day where she texted me and she was upset because she, <laughs> because she'd listened to the podcast. And in the podcast, I was talking about how. I was just like dating women because I needed validation and I needed to work on that. And she texted me and she was like, did you just date me because you needed validation? And her feelings were hurt. And she has this incredibly mature way of dealing with her emotions where she, um, I don't know, dude, can I talk about this? Like, is she going to get mad if I talk about this? She has this very mature, grown-up way of dealing with her emotions. Like, when she feels something, she processes it, and she sits with her emotions, and she waits until it's in a state of having been processed pretty good so that she can talk about it in a calm and grown-up way. And so <clears throat> she texted me and was a little bit upset, and I texted her back, and I texted her back a bunch of, like, hysterical, panicked stuff because I'm a hysterical, panicked guy, and I'm like, look, 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 look. I really, like... I care about you and I don't mean it like that and you're hearing the podcast wrong <laughs> and then she didn't respond for 24 hours and here's the thing I this is like 36 hours after finding out that she's pregnant so I'm still in a state of shock and I'm still trying to decide like can we do this can we have a baby is this something we financially can do like does it make any sense like we're not together we don't we live an hour away from each other we have two very separate careers that would need to be uprooted if we're to live together like are we can we just have a baby and not be together like what is this even what is the world even suggesting that we do here the whole thing is so vague so that's what my head is like just spinning and I have no idea what's going on. And 36 hours in, she texts me this thing that she's a little bit upset about the thing I said on the podcast. And she doesn't respond to my messages immediately. I, she says that she's upset. I send her a bunch of upset messages trying to apologize or like just be like, can we, can we talk about it? Cause I don't mean it like that. And she doesn't respond for a little bit for like 20 hours or something. And here's the thing, in those 20 hours, I had this enormous fear that she was just going to text me and say that she had chosen to not keep it, or that she'd already terminated the pregnancy and sitting with that and realizing that that's what I was afraid of 
made it pretty clear to me what I want. The fact that that's what I was afraid of, really, because I didn't know what I wanted, and then that fear made it pretty clear to me what's going on. Have I already reviewed all three of these waters? Yeah, I have. I have. That's so funny. I don't know that this is an episode of my podcast, bro. This might not be an episode. Uh, so next one, Olipop, strawberry vanilla. Already reviewed it. Um, ooh, I think I liked that more last time. Ooh, a sparkling tonic. That was disgusting this time. I wonder if that's what I thought last time. I thought I liked that one. These are the waters I reviewed when I did that power. Frozen strawberry margarita. Um... I'm jumping around in the timeline here, but the point is that there was a 20-hour period when she wouldn't respond, and I hadn't seen her in real life, so I didn't even know, like, getting texts that you're about to be a dad is something that doesn't feel completely real. It feels a little bit like a fantasy, but then you sit with it, and you start thinking about it, and you start feeling like, maybe this is exactly what I want, and you emotionally start to feel something about it and then <clears throat> feeling like you can just get a text where she said that she had just had an abortion or something is like so upsetting and so that fear combined with also realizing how it's very very early in the pregnancy and how the risk of miscarriage is very, very <sighs> you know, before twelve weeks there's a thirty percent chance of miscarriage. And you can turn that number over many times and there are many caveats and there are many things to say about that, and that's a pretty complicated statement, but the point is that there's a high risk of miscarriage in the first trimester and and there are different things going on. And, and, and then realizing that I'm, I just now, because today, as I'm recording this, we're only like fucking, I think less than eight weeks into this pregnancy and there's still an enormous risk of miscarriage. And that's a fear in my heart right now. And that's a big reason why I'm not publishing this episode tomorrow because it's, you don't do that. You don't talk about this and then it goes away because that's very painful i guess i guess that's why we have this cultural thing dr luke calls it a superstition that people are superstitious about it and like to not tell people until 12 weeks before they because they feel like until then if they tell too many people they jinx it and they might lose the child i don't know but so the point is that there's no point. She came to my house and and I gave her a hug on the balcony or in the pat on the deck and then we walked inside and we sat on my couch and we barely spoke and we just sat there. And I sort of held her hand and she rested her head on my shoulder and and we just sat there and then <clears throat> the thing I had said that we should do is she should come up and she, we should just go to the movie theater and watch a movie first and just take our mind off of it for a second. And then after the movie, we can sit down and like try to have a conversation about this and see like, how do we feel about this? And so let's make it like an early movie so that we're not tired afterwards. So we go to a 4 p.m. showing at the Onyx Theater of Licorice Pizza directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It's a two and a half hour movie. And it was, <laughs> it was like the perfect movie for that setting because it's just like my brain is, you, our brains were just like a soup of shock and there was no pattern. There was no discernible pattern yet. And there was no decision yet. 
And the movie was just a soup. It was just a soupy, soupy, disjointed movie, which is just really a bunch of scenes. And Paul Thomas Anderson never really cares about... Because I love the movie The Master that he wrote and directed. And he wrote and directed Boogie Nights, a couple of other ones. Who knows? I just like The Master. And The Master is not a plot movie. It's not a movie where there's a central conflict that is presented in the beginning, worked on throughout the movie, resolved at the end. It's not a stakes like that. There's not stakes being raised. It's not plot. It's character driven and it's disjointed and it's a little bit abstract and it's a little bit just like there is no story to the story. But in the master, it's a, it's this bromance between Philip Seymour Hoffman and, um, Joaquin Phoenix. And then Philip Seymour Hoffman died after making that movie. And then I didn't realize, I wish I would have known this when I saw the movie, but the kid in the movie, this young, like 17 year old kid or whatever, who I didn't like. The only problem I had with the movie while watching it was that I just didn't like his stupid face. I didn't like his stupid pimply 17-year-old face. And what I learned afterwards is that that kid is actually Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. And I wish I would have known that. Because it would have just made me feel a little bit of sympathy for him. For his stupid, ugly, pimply face. But it was a great movie and it's just like these scenes that are like very weird in a surprising different way. Like they're just weird in a, not super weird, but, but weird and, and just weird in a way that I haven't seen before. Just like weird, unique little scenes. And it's set in the seventies and it's weird. And I just, we just laughed and it wasn't complicated. And it's just like a, this scene and then this scene. And it's like this big ensemble cast of just like weird people that are super famous and, And, um, yeah, it was just two and a half hours of escapism, two and a half hours of not worrying, of, of, of being allowed to be quiet and not have to form a thought about the problem, like the question. I shouldn't, I don't mean to call it a problem at hand, the question at hand, and just to not think about that for a second and to just think about a movie instead. For a second there, I had this like lightning. It was like, I just realized that I hate my face. It was like lightning happened in the middle of the night and suddenly you can see everything and I could see my face and I hated it. I don't know why, why I felt like that, but that's what I felt like just there. And my heart just dropped. <clears throat> but yeah, and then we, then we went back to my house and then after the movie and then we had a bunch of conversations and and then she slept in my bed and 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 the next morning we had a bunch more conversations and and uh yeah I don't know. It was, there were basically conversations about like, could we do this and stuff? And, and I think that we're both discovering in ourselves and in each other that this is something we both like really want. And it's funny because we, when we were talking, we started talking on this dating app on Bumble. And, um, before meeting, we had these like kind of serious conversations when I'd be like, when was your last serious relationship? And we'd like, what do you want? And I'd, we'd say these things and I'd say things like, I want, you know, a real relationship or whatever. And, and then we had this relationship and the relationship didn't really like, I just didn't know how to turn it into a real relationship maybe. And, and then this happened and it turns out that it was true though. Like, because we both said things like that. We both said things like, we want a real relationship. And I just have to say, I played way too many chess games today and constantly 
When I close my eyes, I just see a chessboard and pieces moving. Because <sighs> I'm always addicted to something, and right now I'm addicted to chess. And it's benign. Chess is not going to kill me. I love playing chess. But, um, yeah. The thing about it is that to understand this whole thing that I've been talking about now, you have to understand my mindset the day before she sent me a picture of the ultrasound. And you have to understand that I'm a 35-year-old guy who does not, I mean, who likes to think of his life as being a mess and who does not think that he's ready for this and who thinks that he's really far away from this. You know, who thinks that it'll take me four years, you know, I'll meet someone, I'll do a, I'll do a relationship for four years and then we'll decide to have kids and then we'll have kids. And it's like, it's four years out. I haven't met that person yet. I don't know how to, how to meet someone and turn it into that. But it's, so it's like, it's at least four years out. That's the, but I've also, and I've been, I've felt this in a really sort of subtle way in the last, especially in the last six months. <clears throat> and I've said it out loud a couple of times where I've felt like this period of my life is so peaceful. And it's probably the most peaceful my life has ever been. And I've worked for years and years to make my life more and more and more peaceful. And it's probably peak peaceful. And I've said to people out loud three or four times to different people, I've been like, this period of my life right now, I'm probably going to look back on this fondly as the most peaceful period of my life and the most simple period of my life. Because I worked so hard on so many things with like just being anxious and depressed about everything. And, and, and I've worked so hard on being better at it and just being okay with it all. And I've worked hard on making more money and making enough money and not being stressed out about money and having enough money. And I've worked really hard on interpersonal relationship stuff and having that be peaceful. And I have this job. And I've talked about it. I talked about it on a couple of episodes ago. <laughs> this episode is not going to get released now. So I talked about it 30 episodes ago. Like how Doug at the Holbrook offered me a, asked if I wanted to be a manager. And I was like, no, I don't. I like this simple thing I got here. I'm a server. I'm responsible for this like really sort of delimited there's like a line and I'm not responsible for things outside of that line. And I help with everything, but it's ultimately the buck does not stop with me. And I, I work very hard and I enjoy working very hard and I enjoy, f and I enjoy clocking out and feeling like it's completely done and I don't have to worry about it at all. And I, and when I wake up on a work day, I really look forward to going into work because it's so fun to hang out with my friends in there. I fucking love it. I love working there. I look forward to it every time because it's my buds and it's peaceful and nothing there stresses me out. It's peaceful. I make enough money. I can just sit with the feeling of everything is on track and everything is peaceful. And and that's the mind state where this thing happened. And it's a little bit like the trajectory of my life was to simplify and simplify and simplify and make everything as simple as possible so that I could unlock the next level where we are not doing simple anymore. Because doing babies is not simple. It's many things, but it's not simple. So it's a little bit like this weird hourglass shape where you're like, you're simplifying and having fewer and fewer and fewer things so that you can get to the point where you have to have more and more and more and more things again. And that's like a lot of things, you know? What is that like? I don't know. It reminds me of this one part in Dante's... Um, 
I don't know, what is it called in English? Like the fucking Dante's book on hell, you know? It's like three books, whatever. It's like paradise and the fucking, oh God, I got to take the, I got to take the bread out of the oven. Hold on. In Dante Alighieri's fucking Paradisia or whatever it's called in Italian, it's like three books about hell and paradise and everything, hell and heaven and everything. He describes hell as this, um, it's a, it's a series of circles, you know? That's why people refer to it as the circles, right? So it's like, and the circles get smaller and smaller and you get further and further down. So it's basically a big funnel shape. And in the outer circles, people get tortured a little bit and they're very big and there's a lot of people there. And then in the inner, smaller circles, people get tortured a lot more with these like really creative ways where like you're fucking stuck in the snow and your job is to just eat the back of the head of the guy in front of you. You know, just like hell, just like weird up, weird made up medieval hell shit. And then at the very end, innermost circle, I think it's like Judas. And Judas is there with like the fucking devil and he's being torn apart. Or maybe Judas is the devil or some shit. Maybe he has three heads. Maybe he's just always being ripped apart. It's something, you know, something creative, super complicated. But when you get to the very bottom of hell, there's like a hole at the very bottom of the funnel. And you can poke your head out. out and then you poke out the other way. And now you're at the bottom of the other funnel, which is heaven. I don't know if this is real. I don't know if this is what the book actually is, but it's how I remember it. And there's like these illustrations of how he imagines the two funnels being connected in this weird hourglass thing. And I don't know how gravity works because then you pop out and gravity goes the other way maybe. But it's like earth and it's like a funnel that goes all the way through earth and you come out to this enormous funnel going up into heaven or some shit, you know? It's like medieval logic. Like, people were kind of touched back then or some shit. So, um, people had an open mind because they didn't have very high-quality ideas, high-quality evidence for what how the cosmology of the world was set up. So they just had an open mind and were like, maybe it's like this. So Dante came up with this weird thing where it's like, it's this hell that gets narrower and narrower and narrower and then you poke your head out and then you're at the bottom of heaven and now it's these circles again that get bigger and bigger and bigger and better and better or some shit. I don't know. That's what this situation reminds me of because maybe I've just simplified things down over and over and over until smaller circles and then you come out. I mean, it's nice to think that the things are going to get better now, but... Um, but it also reminds me of, um, like in a video game where, you know, sometimes in a video game, you, um, you're in an area and then you're about to travel to the next area. And before you tell the boatman, the guy who's going to drive you to the next area, the hot air balloon driver or whatever before you leave he's like just so you know after you leave this area you won't be able to come back so make sure you button everything up here before you leave are you sure you want to go and then you have the option of saying yes or the option of saying no and that's a little bit where i'm at and usually you then press no and you like look through your thing and you make sure you've done all your side quests and shit and then there's the type of gamer where you just linger too long in the one area and it doesn't even get that fun anymore. And you've done all the side quests and you're just still wandering around trying to find like one more chest or some shit, a little bit more treasure because you're just worried about how you can never come back to this area. And that's me. That's me, cat daddy. That's me. I've been in this area, this I've been on this single person level a little bit too long. And I've done all the side quests. That sounds bad. I've done all the side quests and I've talked to everyone. 
And now I'm OP. Now I'm going to be OP for the next level. But maybe it's just right, actually. Maybe 10 years from now, I'm going to be OP. Because you don't want to have kids when you're 45 and have, you know, be an old dad. You don't want that. 35 is a, is a great time. And, um, I'm 35. She's 31. Oh, there's so much love in my heart for this woman. I can't even tell you. Uh, I think a lot of things I'm saying here are like, sound really like calculated and weird and callous. And I think they sound bad, but look, man, I'm just journaling. Okay. Can a homie, can a homie be allowed to just journal? Can a homie be allowed to just talk openly for a moment? Permission to speak freely, captain. Like, can we just do this? Um... So, um, yeah. So then, um, I, uh, she came to my house and she stayed at my house and it was so nice. And we had so many conversations and then we both drove down to her house together and we were at her house for a bit and just sort of chilled and. And um, then eventually I left and I went home. And then 36 hours after that, she's like, I woke up with a scratch in my throat this morning and I took a COVID test and I have COVID. And it's like, you have COVID? And then I'm Googling it and it's like, yeah, man. You think, you think the risk of miscarriage isn't fucking increased when you have COVID? Because it is. And then again, you know. The fact that that's what I'm honestly afraid of <clears throat> makes it very clear to me that this is what I want. Uh, the weird thing here is like I'm speaking to an audience in the future and I don't know in that future if this worked out or not. I don't know if this came to a tragic end, you know? embryonic demise you know there's so many things that happen the world is a scary place the world is a scary place it's interesting how I ended up telling like so many people at my work but I haven't told anyone else because those people are just kind of part of my working brain, of my working, like, thoughts. They're just, like, part of my brain. So it feels like I don't have to have a wall between. Talking to them was just part of how I processed it. And I didn't... I, I started... I told some friends because I needed to, like, talk it out. But, but really, it didn't help that much to talk it out. People were... <clears throat> People were a mix of like rude and confused and shocked, and it weren't. It wasn't that helpful. It was, you know. I asked Doctor Luke what he thought I should do. You know, should I be a dad right now? And he said, "I don't think that's the sort of thing you should ask someone for an answer for." You know, and that's true. And he was right. And he should have stopped there, but he didn't. And then he said a bunch of stupid shit about how. How no, I shouldn't. And it's like, okay, well, forget I asked. It's not the answer I wanted. It's not the answer I wanted. It's weird. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it, really. There's so many things I could say about it. But, uh, yeah. I have, like, a lot of vague plans in my head, but it feels really silly to say my vague plans out loud because it's like being, it's like saying that you're going to start going to the gym on January 1st. It's like, maybe keep that thought to yourself and maybe just do it, you know? Maybe just go to the gym. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I uh, played poker with the boys and um, I thought about just telling them, even though it was like I'd only known for three days. I'd only known for three days that she was pregnant and and uh, thought about telling them, but I, I was like, now for some reason I decided against it and I just, yeah, I don't know. The weird exhibitionism that I exhibit on the podcast is not universal. I don't make every, not every single decision in my life is informed by that same exhibitionism. Sometimes I think about things differently. Sometimes I can be a normal person, but not here. And not with Brit and Natasha and Kaya. But those people I'm a weirdo. <laughs> she's so she suffers from so much morning sickness. It's really making me quite stressed. It's making me quite just I just hope she's gonna be okay. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, there's one more water here that I've already reviewed. So why would I review this again? Strawberry margarita. Yep, that's terrible. All right. I love you guys. I don't know. I don't know if this is an episode of the podcast, so who knows? But I love you guys. Thank you for listening.